I bring a message from Cincinnati, Ohio. John Moxley, international purveyor of violence, gentleman, and all around sick son of a bitch, John Moxley wants in the G1. Well, you heard me. You know, I speak the language of violence, but I'm also pretty good with words. Do you understand me? I want in the G1. Are you down again? Get up. Come on, buddy. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Newspaper FM. I am your host, Daniel. Today, well, we're going to be talking about the events of the weekend, WWE Super Showdown and New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. Now, if you haven't already listened to Martin's podcast, (laughs) I think you should go and give it a listen now. Martin, the name of the show is Shoot Talk, and Martin gives you exactly, he's like Ronsil, it does exactly what it says on the tin, and Martin, he straight up shoots on this Undertaker-Goldberg match, so if you haven't already listened to that episode, go and check it out, it's um, it's very controversial, some of Martin's opinions, he shoots on Undertaker, shoots on Goldberg, shoots on you, the listener, shoots on everyone, shoots on everyone you could imagine, boy, it was an enjoyable 25 minute drive, and I'm not, 25 minute drive, 25 minute listen, I'm not going to lie, on the way home, I thought, I'll listen to this, I had about 15 minute drive in front of me, and I'm going to tell the truth, I took an extra 10 minute journey on the way back from where I was coming, just so I could finish Martin's show. So quick plug for Martin and Shoot Talk. Also check out his uh, episode on Vince McMahon from the previous week, which was really, really good. But, so, we'll start with we'll start with Super Shows. I'm not going to go into huge detail with these cards. There's plenty of other podcasts out there if you want to listen to the reviews, what match, what move got used, all that sort of stuff. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. We sometimes do that. But this is just basically a recap of the two shows. So, as I said, we'll start with Super Showdown. Um, this was, what was it? It was Friday, tea time, English time. So, I got home at 6 o'clock. Do you know what I mean? I, I spent an hour, I feel terrible saying this now, I spent an hour less with my 
little girl, basically to rush back for the pre-show for this. I get there. It is, I can't think it was now, in a, in a studio, nothing going on. We had the Usos against the Revival on the show, um, main event in the pre-show. It was a, what, six or seven minute match. It was perfectly fine. And incidentally, it was probably the hottest that the crowd got. The crowd were really lively for this match. Um, it was probably getting into the match. Obviously, it was the first match of the show. But yeah, the Usos beat the Revival. And so obviously, what does that lead to? I'm looking at Raw in front of me. That leads to the Revival getting a Raw Tag Team title shot. Yep, so that's right. The Usos beat the Revival at a pay-per-view, which then means the Revival get a Tag Team title shot. Only in WWE does this happen. I can't be bothered getting angry about it because it's just, it, it's just embarrassing, really, the way this company's going. Well, you put so many years into this company and they just just stupid, stupid decisions. Um, so with that, we'll get on to the main show. Now, the main show, it was it was about nine matches, I think. And this was... I'm going to start out and give you my overall opinion on this show. This was one of the worst pay-per-views, live events, whatever you want to call it, in WWE history. This is up there with December to Dismember, the ECW show from 2006. It is up there with Unforgiven from 2007, which had the John Cena-Randy Orton match that ended in a DQ. I think Undertaker returned to face Mark Henry in the main event in a casket match. So, Undertaker main event in two of the worst pay-per-views in WWE history. Um... But yeah, this show was terrible. The Undertaker, Goldberg, we'll just start with that. Martin spoke about it on his show. He said all that needed to be said. It was just terrible. They, they started off the match, and it was actually all right. I thought, well, they might actually get somewhere with this. They should have just Goldberg spearing Undertaker. It need, only needed to go four minutes. Four or five minutes tops would have been fine. Should have gone with a Lesnar-Goldberg layout of this match. And, well, they didn't. Goldberg with his knee... Well, his knee submission, whatever you want to call it. Um, Matt Riddle, he uh, was on Twitter saying it's one of the worst submissions he'd ever seen. I think he's since removed that video. But yeah, this match, it was it just went from bad to worse as Goldberg spears the post, knocks himself out, and then one of the worst minutes of any professional wrestling match you will ever, ever see. I put the video out as soon as it happened on my Twitter, on the wrestling newspaper FM Twitter. The Undertaker is getting jackhammered by Goldberg. And literally, I, I genuinely thought The Undertaker was dead. Luckily, he just managed to sort of tuck his head at the last second. But he was so lucky. It looked like he'd killed him. Undertaker himself hit a tombstone on Goldberg, which looked like Goldberg landed flat on his head. But an inch an inch lower than Goldberg, would that have been lights out? Well, it already was lights out. But... Yeah, the Undertaker can, can consider himself very, very lucky to still, well, hopefully his wrestling career is over, seriously. It's just, what are they doing at this point? Yeah, I was really angry about this um, after the actual pay-per-view. I've calmed down a lot since then, so it's just not worth getting mad at WWE anymore. But why? Why do they insist to do this? Do you know what I mean? They dangle the carrot. That's the tweet. That part. They dangle the carrot in front of Undertaker, in front of Goldberg. You can't, you can blame them if you want, but really you can't blame them. They've got families. Do you know what I mean? It's one last pa payday in their minds, one last payday. We probably know they're going to come back. One last payday in their minds. And it's WWE needs to be responsible and say, no, we're not going to damage. We're not going to put our talent at risk. They are clearly sad. They are clearly not in a fit state 
to do a professional wrestling match. Definitely not against one another. If you want to put The Undertaker in with a solid web, put him against Finn Balor. Finn Balor, I'm sure, will have a safe match with The Undertaker. But when you put two 50-year-olds in there, it is a recipe for disaster. Look at the look at the last match. Yeah, Triple H, he tore his pecs, didn't he, in the last match? Uh, the main event of the last Saudi show, yeah? Triple H got injured. This time, Undertaker and Goldberg both easily could have died. What is going to happen? Is someone going to have to die in this ring for WWE to just pay attention and realise that they've got to stop doing this? They've got plenty of young talent. If they could just literally... I'm getting mad talking about it, so I didn't really want to get into this. But seriously, just push the talent you've got. That's all you need to do. Push the talent. You've got the most talented roster you've ever had. And it's the worst your product has ever, ever been. What are you playing at? Yeah, the Saudis might want Undertaker Goldberg in the main event. Tell them to do one. Do you know what I mean? No, no amount of money is worth someone potentially paralysing or worse themselves in the ring. Yeah, it's just annoying. Seriously, that's all I want to say on the Undertaker-Goldberg match. It is one of the... I've seen people say, oh, it was actually enjoyable. If you think that someone almost dying is enjoyable, go and fuck yourself. I've seen people who, like, normally star ratings, give matches, like, one star, two stars. And I've seen some guy give it three stars because it was fun. This match was not fun. I was angry after this match in every round. And speaking of angry, I'll get into the Naito Ibushi match later on. Because I'm not just here to shoot on WWE. When New Japan do something that's this stupid, I will comment on it. Because the night with Bushi spot was even worse than this. Um, but anyway, back back to Super Showdown. I need Danny to calm me down. Back to Super Showdown. We had Seth Rollins uh, beating Baron Corbin. Every WWE title match these days, every WWE match on pay-per-view, they always have to have something with a referee. With a referee costs it a bad refereeing decision. Just fuck off. Just have a wrestling match, for God's sake, with a winner. That's all we want. Seth Rollins beats Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, bizarrely, he's arguing with the referee the entire match. And then Brock Lesnar comes out. Paul Heyman trips into the ring. And then Seth Rollins attacks Lesnar. And the, the briefcase isn't cashed in. How stupid does Brock Lesnar look for not cashing it in on Monday when he had the chance? It's just stupid. They are demolishing their storylines to try and draw a rating, a one-night-only rating, and it doesn't work in wrestling. Doing that, it's stupid. It's the fourth time they've told us Brock Lesnar is cashing in, and it's three times too many, because now I really could not give a shit about this Money in the Bank briefcase. Scrap the whole thing. The Money in the Bank has been done to death. I'm sick of it. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Rollins defeats Baron Corbin in a very average match. Next, we had Finn Balor defeating Andrade. This was a well-wrestled match, but these fans had died in the space of 45 minutes. They couldn't give a shit about this match. It was it just ruined the match for me. They went 10 minutes, 11 minutes or so. Um, yeah, feel sorry for both of them, um, but what can you do? Next, we had Shane McMahon beating Roman Reigns. Seriously, what are they doing? What are they doing? Shane McMahon dominates the match, and then one Claymore and... Roman Reigns is pinned in the middle. This is the guy that kicked out, what, six F5s at WrestleMania 34 the other year. And one Claymore takes him down. WWE, have a word for yourselves. So we'd had, had not witnessed a good match yet. And then this Lars Sullivan match. Oh, my God. Lars Sullivan, push him as a monster. If you're going to push him, push the guy. Jesus Christ. I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll, and the Hertz delivery man comes to deliver some cat food. For God's sake. Literally, I just want to do a podcast. Always people delivering stuff. Anyway, anyway, anyway. What I was ranting, I was I was on a roll, and I thought I was on a roll, people. Um, what was I wittering on about? 
Jesus. Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan. Seriously. A monster Lars Sullivan against three geeks. Let's face it. I watched 205 Live, but three geeks. He should be running through them in four minutes. No, he should be running through them in a minute. No. No, this match... <laughs> this match ends via Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan wins this match via disqualification because he's getting beat up three on one. So... Three baby faces, three baby faces, get that in your head, baby faces, are beating up the heel three on one. Three on one, not a fair fight, the baby faces, do you hear that, the baby faces. Yeah, so anyway, after all that, the house party, <laughs> Lucha house party, seriously, they, 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 they battle Lars Sullivan, ridiculous that I'm even talking about this, and Lars Sullivan demolishes them in the end, so... There's four guys in this, no one gains anything, they all get buried. Absolute shite. So after I'm watching this, I'm thinking, what am I doing? It's a Friday night, I'm in my late 20s, I should be out enjoying myself. Instead, I'm watching this. Do you know what I mean? I thought, it's not like I'm an ugly bastard who, like, doesn't have any friends. I should be out enjoying myself, having a nice time, or even seeing my daughter. And instead, I'm watching this shite. What do we get next? I get, I'm thinking, what could it get any worse? Yeah, it can. Triple H is coming down to the ring on a fucking motorcycle. Oh, this is WrestleMania, remember, ladies and gentlemen. Just slightly not as good as this year's WrestleMania. Not far off, folks. This year's WrestleMania was garbage as well. And I had the privilege of being there live. Randy Orton beats Triple H. I'm on Wikipedia here just for the results in front of me to give me a guide because I can't be asked taking notes. Randy Orton beats Triple H in 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Can you believe that? 20, I probably peaked the mic then, but 25 minutes, Randy Orton beats Triple H. Andrade and Finn Balor, they're deemed to have a solid 11 minutes. Not Randy Orton and Triple H, these two old fogies. 25 minutes and 45 seconds. Randy Orton, <laughs> Randy Orton beats Triple H. Well done, WWE. Well done, well done. You waited 11, no, 10 years this should have been the finish. This should have been the match that you had at WrestleMania 25 when Randy Orton should have beat Triple H in the main event of WrestleMania. But no, you had Triple H beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania for absolutely no reason for Orton then to win the title the month, the month after. Jesus Christ, this company's been terrible for 10 years now. Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. That's enough on that match. Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. If there was ever a match that really doesn't deserve to be for the WWE title, it's this. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. This would have been a dark match maybe in WrestleMania 25. was gone. Kofi's done well for himself, but who wants to see Kofi against Dolph Ziggler? Not me, not you, nobody. Nobody wants to see this match. It was never going to be anything more than a three-star match. It was about two stars maybe. It was a nothing match. Kofi Kingston beats Dolph Ziggler. For some reason, Dolph Ziggler is facing Kofi Kingston at the next pay-per-view. Next, we have the 50-man battle royal. Or should I say the 51-man battle royal? Yes, you heard that right. WWE can't add up. Mansoor from Saudi Arabia wins this battle royal because the guy from NXT they're not going to do anything with at any time soon is more worthy than Elias, than Samoa Joe, than the Miz's shit as the Miz's, than Ricochet, 
than Cesaro, than Mustafa Ali. It's all about Mansoor that they're not going to do anything with after the show. But hey, they got the crowd to pop. Well done. If you can't book any of your actual proper matches to get to get someone to pop, just have someone from the hometown win. Well done. That's brilliant lazy booking from Vince McMahon himself, the prick. Wow, that was it. Undertaker beats Goldberg. This is... This... I, I, I don't know if people use the Grapple app. I use the Grapple app. And there's a good Grapple podcast that I listen to as well called Spotlight. Shout out to those guys. I think one of them's mates with Danny. But anyway, so the Grapple app is where you post your star ratings. Yep, your star ratings on. And it produces an average from other users on the site. It's a really good tool if you like me and watch a shitload of matches. I want to know what's good and what's bad and what made me laugh. Not one match on this card got three stars or above. Not one match. Not one match. So you combine the fact that there was no three-star or above matches on this show. You combine that with the fact that pretty much every match had a terribly booked finish. Some of the stuff on this show is just ridiculous. Then there you have it, folks. You have WWE Super Showdown 2019 from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, which was a steaming pile of shit. That was it. Great Friday night spent. I'm so glad I stayed in and watched this show. It was terrible. WWE is terrible. I, I, there's people out there that are still defending WWE. What is up with you? I know, like, oh, I don't. I am staying loyal to WWE. You're like the boyfriend, as I've said before, who is loyal to the girlfriend, even though the girlfriend is going out there and sleeping with every guy under the sun. She's coming home. She's being rude to you. She's giving you abuse. She's telling you you need to go to work and bring some money, and she is being one nasty bitch. And you still, you still defend her. Defender, just just do one. Go and meet someone else. Go out there, have a night out, and go and meet New Japan Pro Wrestling. Go and meet All Elite Wrestling. Go and find Ring of Honor. Maybe not. Go and find Impact Wrestling, who I believe are having good shows. Go and find Independent Wrestling. Get rid of your current girlfriend, because she is useless, and she's never going to change. And that is my review on WWE Super Showdown 2019. That's the negativity gone. Let's breathe. Hopefully no more delivery guys come. Let's get into proper wrestling. Actual wrestling. We are not sports entertainment enthusiasts on this podcast. We are, I'd like to hope, wrestling fans. New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. So on the Saturday, I had a nice day with my daughter. Beautiful day. A great day to be old. I get up early Sunday morning to watch the Dominion show. And it was, it wasn't New Japan's best show, um, but it was a very, very good show. Um, we found, obviously, the show is the headlines really are that John Moxley is going to be in the G1, Shingo Takagi is going to be in the G1, and a surprise Shibata comes out. Shibata comes out, sorry. And he introduces that Kenta is signed with New Japan. Well, he is with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he is going to compete in the G1. So for all you Ring of Honor marks out there, you get to see Kenta. Let's see. I said to Danny, Kenta's gone. I'm willing to be proved wrong. I think the G1 is going to show. Give him a good test. I think he'll do well. I think he will do well in the G1. Let's see. I'm delighted that Shingo's in the G1. Shingo is one of the top 10 wrestlers in the world right now. Um, John Moxley, it's going to be great for John Moxley in the G1. Um, I was thinking about this, and people's like, oh, I don't think John Moxley should be in the G1 because there is some matches. Say, like, Jericho has got his matches with Naito, his matches with Okada, his matches with Kenny that are like, do you know what I mean, like headlining of shows. So, but you can always put, say, you can put John Moxley on the opposite side. Say if you see down the line John Moxley versus Suzuki 
as a, as a match that can go and last on a show and sell your tickets. John Moxley, old Carter could do that. Just put them on opposite side of the blocks. Do you know what I mean? You can design the blocks so that Moxley doesn't have to face all the top guys um, that you want him to have matches with later on down the line. Um, so yeah, so the match, the show starts, Dominion. People, I hope people gave this a chance. I hope you watched WWE on Friday. Do you know what? I've slagged off everything that's not WWE for years. I've called you all indie marks. But do you know what? I'm going to be objective and I'm going to give it a chance because if you did, this lived up to it. Um, the show starts with John Moxley beating Shota Umino. Shota Umino is great. He's probably one of the best young Lions that they've got at the moment. Um, it was a nice three-minute match. It was a fine match. Do you know what I mean? It did its job. I said on the podcast last week, I thought that Moxley might just dominate this match. Um just a showcase for Moxley getting over with the fans. It did like the bit after the match where he picks up Show Amino and carries him to the back. So that was nicely done. Um, I think I gave this match two and a half stars because it did its job. It did its job. It was simple booking, unlike anything on that last show. It did its job. Simple booking, got the guy over, we'll move on. Shingo beats Kojima. Kojima versus Shingo. First time ever singles match. I loved it. I loved it. Really good match. Hard hitting, as you'd expect from these two. Your no-nonsense match. It's exactly what you want to see. Um, it's just great. It's not a spot fest. It's just hard hitting from two hard bastards. Lovely match. Lovely match. Shingo gets his win over Kojima and declares himself for the G1. So he beats... He be, Shingo, the junior heavyweight, beats a heavyweight. Yeah, and then declares himself for the G1, a heavyweight tournament. Simple booking, a good match. That's all you need to do in wrestling. It's not hard. Um, next, we had a tag match. Liger and Yoshihashi defeat Suzuki Gun, Suzuki and Sabre. Yoshihashi gets the pin on Zack Sabre Jr. And what happens? He gets the pin on him. And now he's going to challenge him for his title. Simple booking. You might not like Yoshihashi. But for whatever reason, they want him to face Zack Sabre Jr. at the, some of the next shows. So you have him beat him. Simple as that. Um, it was probably about, I don't know, two and a half star match. Takagi Kojima, which I, sorry, I didn't mention the star in. I gave that three and a half stars. So go and check that match out. Um, next we had Tanahashi, Juice Robinson and Taguchi versus Bullet Club, Jay White, Chase Owens and Ishimori. This was a good match. I enjoyed it. I seen a lot of people saying they didn't enjoy it. Um, it was a fine match. Not a lot else to say about it. It was good. That was it. Um, next, Ishii beats Taichi to win the Never Openweight title. Um, wow! I'm just looking at the times in front of me. This match went 11 minutes. I'm not joking. I was exhausted by the end of this match. It was great. I loved this match. Taichi, yet again, proves all the haters wrong. And on a big match situation, he delivers a good match. Good match. It's better than that. A very, very good match. I went four and a quarter stars on this. I loved it. I think it's because I just love Ishii. I think he's amazing. Um, but Taichi did his job in this match. It was exciting. An exciting title match. Ishii wins the title. Let's hope he has a long run with the Never Openweight Championship. Because for me, this title gets flipped, flopped about too much. But yeah, another good match on this wrestling pay-per-view. Next. G.O.D., Tamatonga and Tongaloa versus Evil and Sonada. 16 minutes. It dragged on a bit. I wasn't a fan of this match. I feel like they've competed against each other too many times. Um, yeah, I didn't like this match. It was it belonged on Super... Maybe not on Super Showdown, but yeah, it, it wasn't... I didn't enjoy it. Um, Evil and Sonada, I don't know what it is. I feel like I've seen too much of them. They're both good wrestlers. Um, but they just don't really do anything for me. I don't know what it is. 
Um, I appreciate the ring wing work in, in wing in ring work. They will both do fine in the G1. I'm assuming they're in it, but for me, they just bore me a bit. Don't know what it is. Um, I like GLD. They're not the best wrestlers, but they are good characters, especially Tamatonga. They retain the titles in a 16-minute match. Didn't need to be 16 minutes. Next, we had the wrestler of 2019, Will Ospreay, beating Dragon Leaf to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship after winning the G1. Will Ospreay has had 10 great matches in three weeks. That is unbelievable. This match was unbelievable as well. I just love the fact that Osprey, as soon as he gets into the, his role of hitting his finishing moves, you know it's over. There's not going to be a kick out. The Stormbreaker is one of the most over finishing moves that they've got. Osprey beats Dragon Lee to win this title in a four and a half star match. It is the match of the night for me and just an amazing match. Osprey wins the title and he will face Robbie Eagles on the Australia shows. So yeah, match of the night, four and a half stars. Osprey beats Dragon Lee. Really, really great match. Will Ospreay is just carrying on to kill this year. As I say, I know he's got his haters for whatever reasons, but yeah, I think he's amazing. Next, Naito versus Ibushi. Now, I watched the match. I was live in MSG for the match at the G1 Supercard. It was great. Um, I watched the Japan Cup match, that was great, I watched the G1 match last year, that was great, but they do too many neck drops, they drop on the neck too many times, and they went a step further in this match, how Kota Ibushi is alive, just don't do it, you're not Undertaker Goldberg, do you know what I mean, you can't work anymore, you're two of the best workers in the world, do you know what I mean, you don't need to land on your necks, we want to see you for 10-15 more years, please stop doing this, this Ibushi, the video's got about 20,000 views or something like that on our Twitter. Not that I'm counting. It's got 20,106 views. <laughs> but yeah, joking. Naito, Ibushi. Naito, suplex onto the apron. And for whatever reason, I can only think it's planned. Ibushi just lands on his neck. I don't know if it's planned or not. But the way I've watched it that many times, it just looked like it was. He wanted to land on his neck. Why do it? Why? Do it, it is stupidity at the next level. How he hasn't broke his neck, I don't know. And for me, it doesn't serve its purpose. There's 15 minutes left of this match, yeah? A match I'm looking forward to. And instead of enjoying this match, I'm worrying for Ibushi. Do you know what I mean? I'm seeing if, trying to work out if he's okay. I'm hoping there's no other... I'm just watching the match thinking, end it. I don't want him to fall on his head any more times, which he carried on to do. Don't, it just took me out of the match. What's the point in doing a spot that you're nearly going to kill yourself on if it's going to take me, the viewer, out of the match? Don't do it anymore. I, I can appreciate it was a well-wrestled, exciting, good match, whatever you want to call it. I've given it four stars, but really, I feel like I, I, star ratings ain't worth shit with this. Just don't do it. I didn't enjoy this match. Don't want to watch the match again. Naito beats Ibushi for the title. No matter what you do, if you're going to put a spot like that in a match, a ridiculous spot, it's going to take me out of it because I just don't want people like Ibushi. I don't want anyone to get injured in wrestling. There's no need for it. This match would have been great. It would have been better without the stupid bump. Please don't do it again. New Japan, don't book Ibushi and Naito again. It's too many times now that they do this. Just don't book them in the same match again or tell them not to do this shit. Seriously. Seriously, what are they doing? We go from a ridiculous match like this to Okada versus Chris Jericho, a dream match. Rainmaker versus Painmaker. Um, I like this match. I've seen it get a lot of bad press on the internet. Um, but it was good. It was completely the opposite of Naito Ibushi. It was safe. 
It was safe. It was well wrestled. I could enjoy the match. I wasn't sat there worrying that someone was going to die. Um, I was enjoying it. I think if you'd have had... Obviously, for people who don't know, the match ended with Okada suddenly getting a roll-up on Jericho. Sort of like the first fall of the Omega-Okada match from a year ago. Um, but I'm guessing it's because... I don't know. I don't think Jericho... AW wanted Jericho to take a pinfall. Because he's pretty much certainly going to be their first champion. So whatever politics come into wrestling again. Whatever. Um, but this was a well-wrestled match. I think if you'd have had the five minutes that you usually get with an Okada match... Do you know what I mean? Back and forth, kicking out of finishes, exciting. Then this match would have been seen as a great match for people. But that didn't ha it didn't have that in this. It didn't have it. But it had everything else. It had all the good work before it. So for that, I've given it four stars. I thought it was a really, really good match. But it didn't have the finish that would have took it to that next level. However, I was just enjoying seeing Okada and Jericho in the ring. I love Jericho. But... I can't put my finger on this, right? I don't like judging people, yeah. Um, the guy's in a lot better shape than I am. But, I think, <laughs> but I feel like I can't take Jericho seriously with his belly. It's uh, You shouldn't say this or whatever, yeah. But I feel like he, he sort of got the Chase Owens physique. And it's like, when you're against Okada, and for, for matches at this level, I do think you should be in better shape. I don't like judging people like that, but I just feel like if you could just thin down a little bit, could maybe take him a bit more serious. Um, obviously, he's got the beer gut from all his touring, but you know what? He's a 48-year-old guy. If he wants to go out there and sink 15 beers, every credit to him. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed this match. Really enjoyed this match. I would like them to have another match in the future, which I think they will. This match, though, built up Tanahashi Jericho, a match I wanted to see at the G1 Supercard. Looks like instead I might have to wait until Wrestle Kingdom next year to see it. People are saying that it's going to be sooner, but if you think about it, Jericho worked Dominion last year, and then we didn't see him again until Power Struggle when he faced Evil um, to build up the match at Wrestle Kingdom against Nile. So it wouldn't surprise me. I think they might do Okada versus Jericho, maybe at Kings of Pro Wrestling in, what, October, and then something else happens with Tanahashi or whatever, and then you go with um, Tanahashi Jericho headlining the two nights at Wrestle Kingdom. If you can't do Omega Ibushi, have one night Tanahashi Jericho main event in, the next night you could easily do Okada versus Ibushi or Okada versus Naito. I would be happy with that. So hopefully... Um, that happens, I'm pretty sure. New Japan usually don't do something unless it's going to happen. So you can expect to see Jericho Tanahashi for sure. And I would expect another Jericho Okada match. So yeah, that was the show. As I say, it wasn't like... It was one of these New Japan shows. It was a bit like Wrestle Kingdom for me. You don't have any classic matches on the show. But you have some very, very good matches on the show. And for a Dominion show, this did... It, it, do you know what I mean? It continued storylines. Do you know what I mean? We're going to get Suzuki Liger down the line. We're going to get um, Tanahashi Jericho. We've got Moxley, Takagi, Kenta in the G1. We had Osprey building his match with Robbie Eagles. That's what you've got to love about New Japan. At a WrestleMania, say, that's supposedly where you end your big feuds. With New Japan, that doesn't happen. Even on their big shows, they're still looking to continue their feuds ongoing, which is perfect. Um, as I hope these people who, whatever reason, might have tuned in because the sick of WWE enjoyed the show. I did enjoy the show. I thought it was very good. It wasn't, I say it wasn't like an all-time classic New Japan show. There has been better. I enjoyed, there was a lot much better matches in the best of the Super Juniors. There will be much better matches, hopefully, and I expect, than some of the matches on this in the G1. The G1, that is what we're all looking forward to. Is it July 6th in Dallas? 
It's going to be brilliant. I'm excited. I am so excited for the G1. It is like the Wrestling World Cup, but it's every year. It's just brilliant. I love it. So, yeah, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I need to take a breath. I am off to the gym. Then off to see my little girl. Um, I'll be back later in the week with Danny um, doing the Wrestling Newspaper Weekly. I hope you're not sick of me babbling on. You've had half an hour of me ranting and, well, praising certain things. Um, But, yeah, as I say, um, I go on holiday uh, vacation for American listeners next Wednesday. I think it is next Wednesday for 10, 11 days. So I'm away for... Fighter Fest, I'm away for Stomping Ground, <laughs> thank the Lord, um, I think there's I think there's a Ring of Honor Best in the World show I'm away for, so I think Danny, hopefully Danny and Martin, um, that you've got them to rely on for the podcast for two weeks or so, I will be taking a break, I'll be back doing the wrestling newspaper weekly on fr- oh, well, Thursday, Friday with Danny, Friday it will be uploaded, um, so yeah, I'll be relaxing relaxing as much as you can with a three-year-old but yeah i'll be enjoying a bit of time away bit of rest from work as i say i had a holiday with wrestlemania but wrestlemania isn't a holiday um that week is just it's just tiring um but yeah so i'm looking forward to that get a bit of sun on me um and then get back to smash the summer g1 need a nice little rest before g1 a vacation a holiday before the g1 can recuperate recharge the batteries ready for a huge month of pro wrestling obviously we've got the aw show uh, fight for the fallen in july as well we've got extreme rules we've got g1 there's a lot of exciting things to come hope you're enjoying the podcast um if you've got this far then i really just want to say thanks really for listening it is really appreciated um go on our youtube search wrestling newspaper to check our vlogs from all the wrestling shows that we attend some really good video footage from this year's wrestlemania week up there um so yes go and check all that out Um, subscribe to us on apple on itunes on podbean on spotify just search wrestling newspaper podcast um that's it everyone i'm daniel it has been nice speaking to everyone i hope you're having a good week Hope you enjoyed Dominion. Hope you're watching Dominion. 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 Um, yeah, I will speak to Danny, get his views on some of these shows on Friday. But I am off to tackle that goddamn rowing machine. See you later, everyone.